0: Good afternoon and welcome to the channel Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Happy Monday to you, by the way. I'm at the Nebraska Association of Resource District's annual conference that's taking place in Kearney. A market that turned itself around. If you remember during the overnight, it was a lot of negativity that was happening in this grain complex. We'll talk about the turnaround we saw within the grains also um, Some great stories have been coming out about the Mississippi River. No surprise to our listeners. We've had a lot of discussions over the last couple of weeks of what's going on there with water levels. We'll look at some basis, but really overall, it was a quiet Monday trade, even with the mixed numbers we saw on the livestock. We're going to get a lot of details on this market happenings today with Sue Martin. Sue, of course, is with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. So let's talk about this quiet trade. I mean, it is a Monday, but it just seems to have a quieter tone to it than what we've seen. (laughs)
1: Well, it is. I think that, um, you know, the trade, uh the public trading in the beans, for example, uh, and the corn were thinking that the crops just weren't going to be there. And now that the combines are starting to get into these fields, all of a sudden we're starting to hear amazement. You know, it started with corn in the chopping uh, for silage and the adjusters, you know, we heard... Pretty much I don't think I heard too much of any under two hundred bushel to the acre in chopping. So that was a surprise. Many two eighteens, two thirties, you know, two twenties, something like that. So that was a surprise to the farmer and then They started getting into soybeans and they expected beans because that, you know, that's the crop that was in reproductive stage going through that heat over the Labor Day weekend. And uh, of course, no rain, very little rain. And it was expected, oh, that yields are going to be way down. Well, the yields are down this year. They are down, both corn and beans, but they're not as bad as the farmer had expected. Bean yields coming in. Anywhere from 50, unless it's on sandy soil, that's different, or dry land, beans. But basically, decent ground. Beans are coming in 54. The best we've heard is 76. But keep in mind, that also had manure on it. And so it had a lot of fertilizer. But the basic is... Beans pretty much around 60 bushel, maybe 65, 67, right around in there. Farmers are very surprised. And yet you do have those yields on sandy soil where they're in the teens or maybe up towards 30, depending on the area. So, you know, I think that uh, the yields are going to be, um, they're they're down, I would say, 10 to 15 bushel from a year ago unless you're on the sandy soil, but also much better than the trade thought. So I think that weight on the market to start with today. But the one thing we have to keep in mind is funds are heavy long in beans, heavy short in corn and wheat. So they were kind of working their way out of some beans today. And yet we held that August low, not by much, but we held it. And it's that old saying, Sell beans on Rosh Hashanah, buy back on Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur was yesterday, so last night's trade into today, and we get a turn. But it was no ball of fire. Very quiet volume in these markets.
0: Now, there is a lot of talk, too, about speaking of quiet, that that's exactly where this basis is going to sit all across the Midwest West for corn and beans uh, this year compared to seeing a little bit of ebbs and flows in those numbers.
1: Oh, that's true. I think that, uh, first off, you know, you look at these markets and we're into carrying charge markets. You know, it doesn't matter if it's wheat, corn, or soybeans. And so that in of itself is saying we don't have that demand need up front to say bring it to us. In other words, they aren't going to be bidden as aggressive. So we're almost back into what would be an old-fashioned harvest basis. And I think that uh, when we look at maybe once you get out of farmers pretty much done and in the fields, um, maybe the commercial will say, "Well, we need a little more grain." Farmers are thought they will store corn and maybe sell their beans, but you know that's kind of the norm a lot of years. So um, no surprises there as far as wheat goes. We've got you know over the weekend we had Russia really hitting Odessa hard and did some pretty good damage. But the bottom line is Russia's trying to stop their ability to load ships. And in the meantime, that puts the um, movement of grain back on the back of the farmer to put it on trucks or on rail and try to take it across the country and get it across borders. And not all countries are in favor of taking it across the border. So all of this is slowing down exports out of ukraine it's expected we could see their exports drop by maybe almost half and in the meantime of course russia's got wheat to sell but the weather in central ukraine and in central russia is also very very warm and dry and that's not going to be good for their winter crops if that persists
0: and especially um you look here in the states as well since you're talking wheat and weather um this winter wheat crop is having to deal with with continued dryness again this year in winter wheat planting.
1: It has. The winter wheat crop is off to a drier start again. And we'll see how well we can go through. You know, dry dirt freezes easier. And, of course, you know, we go into those sharp drop in temperatures, which we're not expecting to see um, you know, the first half of October anyway, and maybe not even a lot of October. It sounds like it's going to be more as we get into late November on through December. But, you know, we're looking at what's supposed to be a cold, win- uh, snowy winter this year because of El Nino.
0: Well, fingers crossed, that's any type of moisture, Sue. I don't think folks are going to turn that down. Well, stick around, folks. We've got a lot that's more right. coming up as we get ready for the second half of the uh, Channel Seeds final bell. When we come back, we'll also take a look at what's happening with this Mississippi River. It is still extremely dry, and that is taking a toll as well. More is coming up. It's the Channel Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Challenge. It's not something you shy from. It's a chance to up your game. Every day brings a new challenge. But with the Enhanced Channel Seed brand on your side, you can rise to it. With our top performing seed, innovative digital tools, and expanded agronomic support, you can turn tomorrow's challenges into your next advantage. Your Enhanced Channel Seed brand. Let's rise to the challenge. Learn more at channel.com slash rise. Read and follow pesticide label directions, IRM, grain marketing, and other stewardship practices.
1: KRVN.
0: Welcome back to the channel Final Bell here in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Joining us again is Sue Martin, Sue with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. We left off kind of talking um, some crop concerns, some weather concerns as well. And that kind of leads me, Sue, into the fact that We've been talking on this program for the last couple of weeks about concerns that are out there with the Mississippi River and and what's being seen um, for movement with barges because it's been so dry. Having said that, what are you seeing and hearing, especially now that they're talking about um, the ocean water and that salt water moving into the Mississippi?
1: Well, it's because the, the water levels have gotten so low in the Mississippi. And I think we've seen a little bit of that last year, too. But the bottom line is the water levels are so low and that salt water's coming in, you're not going to see, um, the ability to get barges down. This is really weighing on basis as well and not helping us one bit when it looks like we're looking for some demand.
0: What are we going to be looking at uh, demand-wise from an export potential, knowing that we continue to get beans and stuff from Brazil, but they're going to have some weather issues of their own to deal with?
1: Well, they are. In fact, um, I would have to say when we look at Brazil, you know, you're looking at the northern portion of Brazil. They're still very, very dry. Uh, Argentina is still fairly dry and nothing really in the way of rain over the next 10 days. And then you have uh, Mato Grosso and um, uh, Mato Grosso de Sul and Gios and Bahia. They're also in the forecast to have some potential for looking at um, the ability to catch some showers, but it's not thought to be very aggressive uh, rainfall at all. So that doesn't help much either. In other words, their soil moisture is still uh, going to be fairly low and maybe even continue to drop uh, for subsoil because of the uh, heats running, continue uh, to be running above normal temperatures. But then we also have the uh, part of uh, Australia, Eastern Australia, that is supposed to start seeing maybe a chance of some showers in the 11 to 15 day forecast. But basically, Australia as a whole, in years of an El Nino, tends to see their production drop. And so that's a concern. And they're a big competitor of U.S. wheat exports as well. So um, it looks to me like that's one shoe that's going to fall in favor of us.
0: Switch gears, head over to the livestock side. Markets, are they trading in support of Friday's cattle on feed report?
1: Well, I think so, but you know it's only Monday, and so we did get this chance of they were a little bit lower, and then they kind of came up. We, um, uh, you know, and then they slipped back down. Very quiet here too, and so not much in the way of any cash trade to start the week out. So I think when I look at this market in cattle, we want to watch the feeders especially. Because feeder cattle tend to uh, seasonally slip off in towards early October. And then they catch in October and try to generate some strength to start moving back higher as they go into December. The fat market is also one that will normally in a bull year, you stair-step. And we've been doing this, stair-stepping our way higher and doing so all the way into December. If I had to predict, I would say you rally into December like a traditional, that's very traditional, December 5th to the 8th, I think that's going to stick a high. Market will break good towards Christmas, and then you're going to come right back out of it as you look ahead uh, for demand on uh, uh, beef. The key here is going to be what's going on in the hog market. Um, you know, in the past three weeks... We have seen where an entity has been buying large numbers, up to 4,500 contracts, of April $46 uh, puts. And those are like, at the time, $40 out of the money. Well, it makes you wonder, what do they know that we don't? And we've got Midwest airports that are seeing pork from Hong Kong try to come in. And, of course, they're confiscating it. Uh, because of our fear of getting african swine fever well this hog and pig report should show a reduction in numbers or liquidation going on in our industry without any fear of, of african swine fever however you look at europe and you now have sweden with african swine fever spain germany's had it you know poland's had it so They've been, Europe's been in a liquidation phase for some time. You've got China who continues to fight it about every other year or every year. And so they're in the process of trying to rebuild back their herd. If we were to get hit, that'd be really tough, I think, on our hog industry. And it more than likely would then start over with a wild boar or something happening. What is the best way folks can get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051,
0: and you all have a great Monday. Thanks so much. Sue Martin's been joining us today. As we always remind you, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that's the channel final bell being brought to you by Channel Dealers right here on the Rural
1: Radio Network.